This is Tom. This is Jake. And this is Travis. And we are the Drunken Dork Podcast. Tune in every week and listen to us discuss the finer points on superheroes, the latest pop culture news, as well as all of our favorite blues. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher app for Android. And be sure to catch up on all of our episodes by visiting us over at www.drunkendorkpodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, folks, you have one liver. Ruin it well. This is Brad Geiger from Evil Incorporated, and when I'm not spreading terror into the hearts of good people everywhere, I'm listening to Adrian Has Issues, one of my favorite podcasts. Take it away, Adrian. Hey guys, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian. This is fun because I'm finally starting to get to that point where I'm having repeat guests. It's always interesting when you first talk to somebody because you never really know how the conversations are going to go. And thankfully, I've never had a problem where it's been terrible. Thankfully, it's been quite the opposite. Today's guest has been on a show. I want to say it was episode five or six episode entitled Amish Paradise and if the title suggests I am talking to the host of Amish Baby Machine and once again he's in the barn I'm <laughs> I haven't been like allowed into the uh the fold there so I guess I'm in a remote location outside of his uh spot so ladies and gentlemen without further ado welcome back Dax from Amish Baby Machine Dax how's it going man hey what's up thanks for having me again Anytime. And I, I know we were looking at hooking up again for a while. And I guess things didn't really pan out, but I'm glad we were able to get it together and come on a show. So thanks a lot. This has been so much fun so far. Cool. So what are we going to talk about on this powerful episode? I realized the last time I was interviewing you, holy crap, like you were probably one of the biggest music fanatics that I know of. So I would definitely like I'm, I'm totally all about music. Let's go. Whatever you want to talk about. I'm here. Well, first things first, um, this actually got started because we started talking Rush again. All the world is indeed a stage. <laughs> I know there's a bit of a generational gap here. So what was the first time you actually heard Rush? The first time I heard Rush? Yes. Would be probably moving pictures. That was what, 85? No, I would say it's about 1980. I always thought the album was much later. I'm completely screwing up on that. I'd have to say 1980. More or less 81, maybe. I'm really bad at times. I can tell you, you know what era, but if it's like 84, 85, then I get a little fuzzy. But I, I'm saying about 1980. Do you want me to look it up on the phone or should we just keep going? I'm looking it up right now and I'm keeping this on the air because this is, I've noticed this is starting to become a segment and I might need a theme song for it. Is Adrian looks up stuff on his phone during the podcast? Well, here's the deal. On the Amish Baby Machine podcast, we uh, used to have a Google boy. And that's, I think every podcast needs a Google boy. Just to look things up. That's a really good point. Like, I don't have anybody like that. Now, the one thing is, do you hire said Google boy or Google person? Like, do you pay him in food, alcohol? How does that work? Because I'm broke as hell. I don't know. I mean, it's probably against a lot of kidnap them. So, <laughs> internship. Oh, see, I always Unpaid imagined. internship. 
Nice. Um, I can imagine Pacey Adams probably like chained up in the bar, like you didn't let him go. Yeah, Google Boy is better because I don't think he was quite a man. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know if you make, you probably mix it down. Like every so often, I imagine as he's moving, like you also you just hear chains <laughs> rattling in the background. Yeah, like what were the you know back in the nights times? What were the little dudes that would take care of the of the nights? Oh, what were they called? Um, spires or whatever they were. Yeah, but they were always weird. Like, they were always kind of, like, had some weird deformity. Like, they'd have, like, humpbacks or, like, missing eyes. It was never just as well-to-do kid who... Oh, like th- that poor guy in 300? Yeah. <laughs> that went over to the other side. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I always always laugh at that scene when, like, he gets the armor and everything, and it's just like... <laughs> oh, but, okay, I pulled up the discography, and I've realized, pulling up the rush discography, I'm completely wrong about everything as far as when the albums were released. So you're absolutely right. Was it 80? Moving Pictures was 1981. Yes. All right, so what's what was the breakout song for you? What was the first Rush song you heard, and you're like, holy crap? Tom Sawyer, definitely. A, I, don't, I don't know if it was the first. I mean, probably the first song that I remember ever hearing was Fly By Night, but I thought it was Night By Night. I didn't know what it was, and it wasn't really Rush to me. Yeah, that was a little weird. And then there's Permanent Waves, but to me, like, just the... The actual song, if I had to pick one song, Tom Sawyer. I wish that was my first because I, that's a song that I don't care who you are. And I know people who hate Rush, but yet love that song still. Moving Pictures, that album right there. I mean, that's like the ultimate. If you only had to buy one, bought one album by Rush, that would be it. Okay, see, the, this is where it gets interesting. Moving Pictures, okay, let's see. There's... Tom Sawyer, there's Limelight, which is another great one, and Vital Signs, and you're like, crap, those are like basically like the three quintessential Rush singles. Vital Signs is awesome. You don't hear much about that, though. No, you you're really not, don't. Yeah, you're not going to hear that on the radio. Sadly, anywhere. um, you don't even hear, um, what was the other one? Um, Was it YYZ? Was that also on that? Yeah, the instrumental with the awesome, uh, typically in concert, that's when he would segue into his powerful drum solo. Now, you've seen Rush Live. How long are those drum solos? You know, I always think they last about two hours. but (laughs) (laughs) They're really not that long, but when you're there, you just get, you know, consumed and enveloped in the mysticism of Rush. So they seem like forever. Their time stands still. Ooh, good reference. (laughs) Thank you. I am a professional podcaster. (laughs) I feel so bad because everybody always goes like Tom Sawyer. I'll never forget it. I was... I can't remember how old I was. I'm still in grade school. I was at my pediatrician's office, and I was old enough to have a Walkman, so I, that much I remember. And I was trying so hard to get the rock station in because where the offices were, like they just were not coming through. So I'm listening to the song, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm listening to because up to this point, I've never heard anything that sounded like Rush. And to tell you the truth, I feel bad because I honestly thought it was a female's voice at first. And I love her to death, and I'm not trying to like knock her, but I always imagined that the singer of Rush in my head at the time, I imagined looking like, was I would say like a Janis Joplin type, and it just didn't dawn on me that as a kid that a, a guy can sing that high, and it, it just blew my mind. So when I finally bought the CD, like years later, my first CD was um, Exit Stage Left, because it had all the songs on it, so I'm thinking all the songs were on the same album, because... It didn't dawn on me that all the Rush songs I've been hearing up until that point were all on different records. So I'm like, all right, I'll just buy the CD. And I remember the cover. I think there was like a, a woman on the front of it, or it's like basically a group behind the stage, like peeking out from behind the curtain. Yeah, it's uh, what it is. It's little uh, little bits off of other albums all put together. Like it's like the lady from um, Permanent Waves and 
the different things from different albums all kind of put together on the on the album. What do you call that? Little uh, like it's like a little Easter eggs kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Easter eggs. Yeah. And that's cool. And see, this is something I didn't know of, and I'm glad I'm talking to you because again, I I'm still figuring this stuff out. And it didn't dawn on me until a little bit later. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a live album. And I was yes. remember so angry about that. I'm like, I want all the songs I heard on the radio. So of course, years later, as you find out, like you're going to the music store and looking at it, trying to find those tracks and those songs that I know they span at least six CDs. I'm like, I'm not buying all of these. You know what to rush to me is kind of like when you discover it, it's kind of like let's say Amazing Spider-Man. It started way back in the 60s, so you start out at a certain time in your life, and then you go back in the back issues, and that's kind of like with Rush, you go back in the back albums, and you find cool stuff you didn't know about. That's a really good point. But yeah, Free Will, Permanent Waves, that was my first one, and I guess you're right. Moving Pictures is kind of that breakaway. But I'm something of a contrarian, and I know we talked about it a little bit on Twitter. The one era of Rush that I love seems to be like the one that a lot of diehard fans hate, which is the synth era. Sure. But I, I come off of New Wave, so I love New Wave. And, and a lot of times people, they have a hard time with the guitar versus a synth. But actually some bands you wouldn't even think of, like uh, ZZ Top, the guy was uh, obsessed with synth. And he put it into like you know songs like Sleeping Bag and different albums. I'm trying to think of the one album with the uh, legs and... Was that Eliminator? Or? Oh, you know what? I'm going to look at that one up, too. Yeah, I we'll think it's Eliminator. Uh, let's see. ZZ Top. Yeah, but they actually added in keyboards and synthesizers, and you would think that they're just a stripped-down, bluesy rock. Uh, the dude, I forget his name, was actually in the synth, too. Yep, you're right. It is Eliminator. If this were a trivia contest, you'd probably be in the lead right now. A lot of bands, and most of these bands started out, I would say, mid to late 70s, so, of course, they came up in that really sort of classic rock era but by the 80s a lot of bands and it's kind of pretty indicative of even now where a lot of bands who started out being strictly guitar based you know moved over to synth you have to move into the music of the time and you have to adapt and a little bit or you're gonna I'm go away i mean if you look at even bands like rolling stones in the late 70s you know they, their songs are basically disco if you look at the song like kiss you know that song i was made for loving you that's basically just a disco song yeah or you can't get any softer than, Beth, uh, you know, Beth, What Can I Do by Kiss. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I, I'm sorry. I kind of like I Was Made for Loving You. I think that's one of the few Kiss songs that I really do enjoy because it's so outside of the typical range. Like, it really is. Like, if you had put, like, a heavier draw, like a, a drum machine behind that, you had totally have disco. Speaking of music, you know what I always wanted? Uh, you know, Black Hole Sun. I always wanted a better drummer on that song, like Neil Peart. Really? You're not a fan of the, um, what was his name, Ben Shepard? No, not Ben Shepard. Um, what is his name? He drums for uh, he drums for Pearl Jam for a while. Shoot, Google it. So I always want. I love his song "Black Hole Sun," but I always wanted a better drummer on there. I think like the fills should have been a lot cooler. But that was definitely that time, the grunge era. And as much as I love grunge era, not necessarily known for its epic drumming. I guess that's why like Nirvana was such a thing because you have someone like Dave Grohl. I mean, you're right. It was actually a you know departure from the overproduced hair bands. Then it went back to its roots. But I thought you could somehow combine the two because <laughs> a lot of the grunge was still it it still had harken back to the progressive rock, especially Soundgarden. You know, oh, Soundgarden's a great band, and it's weird. I didn't realize how much I missed him until King Animal came out a couple of years back. Yeah, that was good. Matt Cameron, by the way, is the drummer from Soundgarden. And uh, what's his name, Chris? Let's see, it was Chris Chris, Cor 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 Cornell. 
Yeah. Ben Shepard was the bassist. Um, yep. Was it Kim Thiel, who was an amazing guitarist? I saw them live back in like 2011. And it's funny, I only went to go see them because uh, Coheed and Cambria were performing. They were opening for them. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't heard in Soundgarden in a long time. And I was a really big fan of them back in the day. That night, I don't know if it was just they just knew their market, but that was one of those nights where if you're a fan of like late 80s Soundgarden, that was your night because I'm watching this man who can barely hit the notes from like the mid 90s stuff singing like the old 80s material and i'm pretty sure he busted several vocal cords that night but the, the fans loved it because they really just dove right into their uh their back catalog like all the deep cuts yeah that's cool when you get the deep cuts in there because you know you, you have the hits you know for the average person that's going there but it's cool when they can dig into the deep album cuts for the hardcore fans so I want to ask you a question because we're obviously talking rush. We're talking concerts. Something that I've never thought of until I started asking people, what is your favorite time to see a band? Because I know there's sometimes where like, let's say, you know, they come out with an album, they tour to support it. So a lot of his new material, or do you like it when they just kind of do like those hometown shows where it's all just deep cuts to me? What is your like perfect time to go see a band? You know, it's weird. It, it's weird because that's a great question. When they first come out, that's when they tend to have an attitude. They, they got to push the album that's out. So they got to play a lot of cuts off of that and not as much of the back catalog. And then later on when they tour, when they're older, they play pretty much their whole catalog. But then they seem to be a little, obviously, because they're older, lower energy, and they always stop to drink water and take breaks. And <laughs> they always talk to the audience, too. So I'm guessing you're not a fan of banter. A little bit, but I would rather have more of the show less banter but there's somehow to combine the two so that's a, that's a great question I, I would say maybe towards when they first came out but then also when you think about if they've been out a while then they have more stuff to play obviously right and if they're just came out and they have one album they're gonna have to do some covers or something so that that is a pretty cool question i would say somewhere in the middle maybe if that makes sense no that makes sense because i'm having this thing where i'm noticing a lot of bands especially those that have a little bit longer lifespan where you can definitely tell like at shows very few of them really dip into or like old material anymore and it's usually done in like around like doing like an anniversary show because i know like lately it seems to be like a lot of bands from like let's say 10 years ago are now reuniting so they're doing like these shows where they're just playing that popular album like back to back and i know it's a cute thing though but it's at the same time i'm like well i guess it's nice that you're commemorating this but you're not even that popular to even have that much of a following to even be that nostalgic about it yeah that's a good point you know who i would like to see it, it, there's a commercial now with billy idol have you seen that no i haven't actually tell me more and it, i don't know if it's kind of like a geico commercial one of those where they have the little you know, they bring back someone back from back in the day. Okay. And, and he's singing in there and he sounds great. And then I just, I saw it. So I happened to Google, you know, his tour and I was reading that. Like he's 60 years old now and he's. Get the hell out of here. Really? He's still just killing it. I just saw a picture of him recently. Like he does not look 60. That's one dude. I, you know, like the guitarist Steve Stevens. And I mean, that would be a killer concert. Yeah. He was in this area recently and I didn't get a chance to go to that one, but I heard it was nuts. Yeah, he still puts on a great show. So definitely, Billy Idol would be cool now that we're just brainstorming about bands. I wonder if you would ever do a uh, live action, not live action, but like a, a full album show of, um, what was that one album he did with um, Shock to the System on it? It was like that weird sort of like cyberpunk. 
I think that was the name of the album. I think it was Cyberpunk. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. But it was just... That would be cool. Because <laughs> I don't think anybody really listens to that album much anymore. Well, I think it depends on, you know, what type of fans. That, that's what's cool about YouTube. You know, you can play that one song and then they bring up the other tunes. You know, it just jogs your memory like, oh, man, that's tune sweet, too. <laughs> going to fire that up. Yeah, it's too easy for a band to do like a full album show based on a popular album. It's like, how about there should just like band that tours like, all right, we're gonna go to a full album show of like our least favorite album. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have you ever gotten a chance to see laser shows? Like they have Laser Pink Floyd, Laser Rush. Do they still do those? I know that was a big thing like a while ago. Have you ever gotten a chance to go to one? No. Is it worth oh it? My, oh my god, it's so cool, dude. I'm sorry. I feel like halfway through that, I'd probably like collapse with like an epileptic fit. It's not like real flashy, like a rave or a EDM concert. Okay. It's more low key and they just play the, you know, they play deep cuts and then they put on a laser show. It's, it's usually like a planetarium. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. So that's it the whole thing. Like it sounds stupid, but if you ever get a chance, it's dark in there and you almost start hallucinating. It's incredible. Because it's just sensory deprivation. All you It's just pitch black, the laser show, and the music. So you literally almost start tripping. It's kind of like, do you remember Winamp with the visualizations? Oh, those are my favorites. Are you kidding me? Exactly. So imagine that on a, on a grand scale. So if you ever see anything laser, whatever, go see it. It's fantastic. I got to see if they do any of those out here. So now, is it like, is it all pre-recorded or is there like a band performing it as it happens? No, it's just off the CD. Okay. See, that I think that would kind of bug me out a little bit. Like, I, I feel like that would maybe be a little unfortunate, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be a lot of fun, and I guarantee you, I'll go to one. It's like, Dags, you're right. Here's five bucks. I'm always right. <laughs> that's, that's why we have the most powerful podcast ever created. <laughs> Amish Baby Machine Podcast. Oh, see, I wish I had the theme song right there. I would just totally just cut into that. <laughs> I don't know if I have seen that before. Like, where is that just like a, a random clip, or did someone make that just for that show? I, I was told I could never tell. Okay, because it's, I will say though, it's definitely the first time I heard that. I'm like, okay, I either it's going to be like the most metal show ever, because it's just such a great intro. I figure by the time I get sued, I'll have enough money to pay <laughs> the royalties. <laughs> like or, I'll just, I'll, or I'll just get a fun beat. That's all right. Everyone will be like, all right, go find yourself. Whatever. <laughs> it's so funny because I, I know that was a thing when I first started the podcast. They're like, the first thing they're like, oh, here's the tips on how to start one. And of course, like halfway down, it's like, make sure that the music you have is pod safe. I'm like, the hell is pod safe? I'm like, make sure the music you're using uh, is free to use and that way you don't get sued or whatever. I'm just I'm like, almost half the shows I listen to, I'm like, um, I'm pretty, these are all real songs. So, yeah, exactly. I guess it's one of those things that maybe if we became like really popular, sort of like touring or, you know, selling the shows at like a premium or something, maybe they don't come after us. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be, it's unfortunate that like we're right now when we're talking about a tune, it'd be cool to be able to just cut into that song. But unfortunately, I mean, the royalties and the fees, it, yeah. it'd be practical to pay for it. You're kidding me. I, I can't even like afford to upgrade my like Radio Shack microphone. So, hey. Oh, we missed the Radio Shack. It's actually still in business. Everyone thinks it went out of business. So wait, they close all the stores? What do they just do online only? I don't know. I saw an article that they're actually still in business. I think they just, yeah, they just stripped it down. Huh. That, you know, you know Radio Shack's a great place because it, it sold stuff you can't get anywhere else. You know, you know, adapters and splitters and 
Because I'm the type of dude that I like to go and just buy something. What, just to have it? Yeah. No, but I just want it now is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Because a lot of times when you got to go and you got to order and ship it and you got to, you know what I mean? Like, let's say you're doing your podcast and you go, oh, I need some wise splitter. You know, you run a radio shack and go buy it. That's what was cool about that store. Yeah, and unfortunately, most of them closed by me. But yet, I know during, was that Force Friday where they're selling all the Star Wars toys? They were advertising uh, that droid BB-8, that one ball droid. Sure. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought they closed. So I'm like, damn, they could have just kept the store open. You know what's weird about Star Wars? Everyone wants to make a buck off it. I I saw at the store today, in fact, they had Hot Wheels cars. Hot Wheels car is a little 99 cents. But if it's a Star Wars one, it's $349. Get the hell out of here. No, isn't that amazing? And you know all the nerds are like, oh, I'm going to buy two of them. Because they're still (laughs) in the box. (laughs) I hate that still in the box and comic books that have never been... They have a. How can you have a comic book without a crease in it? That means you didn't read it. So growing up, you know, my comics were beat to shit because I read them. You know, that's what pissed me off about you know collectors, toy collectors, and you know, God love them, but everything's sealed in a box. I mean, I don't understand how that works. But at the same time, though, I'm always a fan of those stories where people turns out like they're sitting on all this stuff that they thought was garbage. That actually just happened to me. Um, about a month or two ago, I was just looking through some old comics and I found a copy of. What's the book? Um, Saga by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. And I'm saying to myself, hey, wait a minute. I remember everybody was talking about this book and how hard it was to find uh, issue number one. And I, I looked at it. It was issue number one. So I was um, on Twitter. So I'm asking some friends of mine because I was telling them, hey, I'm going through my comic book collection. I was like, oh, let us know what you have. So I was just sending pictures. So I sent the picture of the uh, Saga issue number one. And they're like, oh, shit. And I'm like, what do you mean, no shit? And I was like, yeah, uh, that's pretty hard to find. Like, you could probably make some money off of that. I was like, really? What is it worth? Do you remember? It ended up going for like 130 Nice, dude. And if it were slightly better, if I had gotten it graded, I probably could have gotten a lot more, you know, like the whole CGC and you get sure. it verified and all that. But I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not looking to really go through all that. I probably should have held on to a little bit more, got it graded, and once I had a grade on it, and got it verified by CGC, I probably could have made even more off of it, but I didn't realize how out of print it was. I picked it up once because the, the clerk who worked at my store, she wouldn't shut up about it. I'm like, ah, whatever, I'll check it out. I got nothing else better to do. I, I don't even think I read it. I think I flipped through it and then just put it back in a sleeve and never touched it again. Saga is also the name of an epic rock band from the 80s. Never heard of Saga. You gotta look it up. It's kind of a Rush-like band. Awesome. Yeah, I really got to get back into some old prog, and I realized it might very well be my favorite genre. I had this revelation last night on the other show I recorded where, for everything that I, I thought I was so knowledgeable about, there's so much stuff that I just goes completely over my head I didn't even know about. So this show, half of the mission statement, is finding out what everybody else is into so then I can go back and then check it out for myself. Yeah, that's what's so cool. That's why I love uh, podcasts and Twitter and everything. That you have this collective to pull from, you know, learn new things. It's pretty cool. I realized my secret shame, especially over the summer, um, I had had surgery and I was uh, laid up for a little bit. So I'm just playing like I think it was Diablo 3 on PlayStation. And I'm saying to myself, you know, this is a pretty epic game. You know, there's swords and sorcery and there's, you know, battling demons and whatnot. So I'm thinking to myself, the only thing I would make this better is if I just listen to power metal. (laughs) <laughs> so what i just decided to do was go on spotify and they had like this power metal playlist of it's like man of war and all these like 80s like 90s metal bands and it's just i realized as cheesy as it is i think power metal might almost beat my love for Prague. oh it's classic man i mean it, it depends what mood you're in too i mean whatever mood you're in is the music you gotta play 
I mean, there's times, you know, like, you want to dance, obviously, Rush would be horrible. If you want to rage, you know, it's actually more of a, you know, calm kind of rock, you know what I mean? Right. So you're definitely going to want something harder. So I kind of think it's kind of cool to have different, you know, different genres for whatever mood you're in. Well, that's how it's starting because I'm I'm now starting to build playlists that are mood-based and sitting down and sometimes hours will go by trying to find selections and it's like for every song that i think i find there's 20 more that i miss and you start finding from other people it's like all right so if you had a dream playlist of this particular genre what would you choose and music addiction is a real thing i don't know if you know that or not but i'm sorry i've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol thankfully you know unfortunately i, I do enjoy a, a, a nice stiff drink but i i disagree i could turn off this nickel back anytime i want <laughs> I could easily just turn it right off but see, you guys are like right next to Canada over there. I'm surprised that stuff doesn't just get like piped into the water supply. How's it going, eh? <laughs> I want that accent, I realize, because like nowhere else, like it's like the half Canadian, but there's still enough American in it, so it's not completely off putting. What's that about? <laughs> you like you throw a rock over your friends, like, oh, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and imagine, like, see, I, I only went to Canada once, but I was in, like, Montreal. So I imagine, like, as soon as you, like, drive through the border or even fly in, there's, like, a cover van that automatically starts playing, like, Rush. Or if you're, like, maybe younger, maybe it's, like, some Sum 41 or something. <laughs> exactly. Well, Canada's a great country. They have a lot of, I mean, comedy-wise, like, SCTV. Do you know much about that? SCTV, that's, like, um, that was kind of like the precursor to Saturday Night Live, right? It's It's Canadian. It's the Canadian version. Yes, I have yeah. seen that. I have like John I mean, Candy and like. Yeah, second, yeah exactly. Second uh, City Television. I mean, so much great talent came out of Canada. You know, they have a. Well, actually, Second City was Chicago, and then they had a Toronto division. But I mean, Canada's great. So much talent, such cool people up there. Well, I'm definitely a fan of Canada's indie rock. I don't know what it is about like there. And then I don't know if it's maybe a little hipsterish for some, but. Like CBC, like Radio 3, like there's always some really good bands I never would have heard of if I didn't listen to that. Like I was addicted to that for at least two years straight. Yeah, they do have some great stuff. And and it's cool just to hear, like I said, you know, you get in that community and people recommend stuff and then you get into it. That's pretty sweet. Okay, so I found Saga. All right, let me see here. Oh, wow, I didn't realize they're actually still releasing albums. They had one in 2014. Really? Cool. Let's see. That was self-titled in 78, Silent Night. Steel Umbrellas in 2004. I've never heard of these guys. And I'm like, well, I guess suit if I like played this like on the air. No, wait, no. Do we have this, the right band? Where are they from? Is it? Okay. Let's Canada? see. Um, Saga is Canada's legendary prog rock band. Okay, good. Yeah. Like, wow. I've, I've never even heard these guys. All right. I'm going to see if I can do this. And if I get sued or whatever. Oh, well. Oh yeah. These guys are definitely can Canadian. I mean, these haircuts alone are amazing. That song right there, that's the one that, the first song I heard by him. On the Loose? Okay, this is cool. Exactly. All right, I have to check this out. Oh, see, unfortunately, now I'm, like, enthralled in this video because it's got everything 80s I love. Like, the t like you know, the t-shirts that are, like, very, like, strangely pro-Japanese. You know, the, 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 the cut-off shirts. Oh, Japan was huge back then, yeah. Which is funny because, I mean, there was that band just called Japan. And I'm like, all right, well. Yeah, and Big in Japan, and, I mean, yeah, everything was Japanese. They had that movie. <laughs> That movie Gung Ho with uh, Michael Keaton. All right, so lay it on me. What other bands do I, do I need to know about that you think uh, not enough people know of? You know, as far as bands, I don't know about bands. It, it 
to me, the 80s was always about hits. A lot of people, you know, go on about the one-hit wonders. I like the 80s because there was so much different, you know, there were so many genres in there, like Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Have you ever heard of those dudes? Nope. Pull up Indicott. Okay, let's see. Yeah, that's the one thing about 80s culture where it's like, yeah, a lot of the artists were one-hit wonders, but yeah, that was at a time where you could pretty much base an entire career off of one song. And no one really faulted you for it. But the funny thing is, they really weren't one-hit wonders. They were just like, if they were British, like Madness, you know, Our House, they made a million albums. But, you know, in America, only one song stuck. So then people call them one-hit wonders, but they really weren't. Yeah, like overseas, they're probably like, you know, living life. And then over in the U.S., you know, they maybe had like one and a half hits. And what was that again? Kid Coconut? Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Oh, Kid Creole. Okay. And the cut. E-I... And I C O T T is okay. Here we go. Endicott. Yeah, fire that up. I don't think I've heard this one either. However, I do love the name of the album and praise of older women and other crimes. The video is awesome. <laughs> okay, mean, this, this is this to me is island calypso party music. I mean, like you're having a party in your backyard. And you this got the, is the tiki, trippiest the, video ever. You got the tiki torches going, and you just party. It's awesome. <laughs> well, this this video is whacking me out, though. But yeah, that's kind of the thing. You don't really, and I, I sound like an old man now, but I I guess the art of the music video is officially dead, huh? Yeah, it's like uh, what was the first song? Uh, video killed the radio star, right? Then MP3s killed the video star, and you know who? I don't know what's left. Like, occasionally, like, I'll hear somebody say, oh, did you see the new video for so-and-so? I'm like, wait, what music videos? We're still doing this? And it's weird, like, as much as I lament the fact that music videos are, like, like they exist, but they're not necessarily, like, as big as they were, I still kind of laugh that people still even bother with them. Like, in a world where you can, like, turn on your computer and see, like, you know, someone's camera phone video of, like, Rihanna eating a sandwich, I'm like, I'm surprised that, like, videos are even a thing anymore. Well, actually, you would think they would be more of a thing in such a multimedia. You know, we have YouTube and you have streaming and everything, but actually, it's not as much as you think it would be. It, it's now it's actually just like real time, like periscoping or something where you actually see it in real time and, instead of a produced video. That's a good point, though. Like, again, I feel like an old man. I'm like, everybody's been talking about periscope. I don't even know what periscope is. Is this bad? Like, am I a, like, uh, am I on the other side of the gap now? It's basically you just take your phone whatever device you turn it on and right there you're broadcasting live and that's it that's it it's fantastic oh okay so it's kind of like i guess as far as like a vine but now is there a length of video or is it as long as you can make no it? it's as long as you can pay for the bandwidth i mean oh, wow. you better have unlimited on your phone because it's, it's going to suck up your uh, data but it's pretty sweet dude so do you think this is going to kill vine no it's a whole different thing vine is it's just like a seven second little, just a little, you know, hot, hot reel, whatever you want to call it, just a little clip. And it's, I think it's a whole different thing. I mean, it'd be the, the equivalent of like recording something, you know, podcast, and then just having the mic on all the time. I mean, because Periscope, you're broadcasting live. Okay. You're not editing it. It's just, um, and, no. you know, Vine is just a little clip that people actually, you know, some people do it on their phone. Some people actually, you know, bring it into a video production software and actually edit the hell out of it. So I'll have to check out this Periscope then. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, you can watch people and 
You know, I mean, do anything from oh, make, okay. make, <laughs> making, making a cheese sandwich, you know, on a Friday night. I mean, it, it's crazy. That's probably most of my periscopes. Like, matter of fact, a lot of people that I follow online, like on Facebook or even Twitter, I guess, uh, like, video game streaming is a big thing with, like, Twitch and, like, those other uh, companies where pretty much, like, people will broadcast their video game playthroughs and, like, a lot of guys will do, like, speed runs. Absolutely. And... Again, I, I feel like I'm on the other end of that gap because I'm just now figuring, finding all this stuff out and seeing like there's these huge communities. Matter of fact, uh, Twitch, the company, they just had their own convention, I think, uh, last weekend. And Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel got into a lot of trouble. I don't know if you heard about that on YouTube. No, I haven't heard about this at all. Yeah, going to YouTube, he was ripping on the gaming community, people that like to watch other people play video games. And they just went at him full force. And then he finally made a video where he got together with two people in the community and they played video games <laughs> which is funny that he does that considering that Conan O'Brien he has that a uh, segment uh, Clueless Gamer where like he'll sit down with like a celebrity or something and they'll play a video game together there's so much going on now that like you said you know you you blink and you miss it it's evolving right. so fast that you just you just have to go with it and not try to question it as much there's people that are into anything now and you just got to go with it and, and just you know say, hey, that's cool, you're into that. Because he tried to rip on it, and then it bit him in the ass. I mean, I know at the end of the day, it's no big deal. He's still cashing his checks, but you know, <laughs> it's crazy. You're right. The, the the movement moves so fast. I'm not necessarily against it. I just didn't realize just how prevalent it was. It's kind of like the whole Snapchat thing where... I wish I thought it was something that like a bunch of teenagers were doing, but then every so often someone's like, oh, yeah, so did you check out that Snap I sent you? And I'm like, no, I don't know what a Snap is. Like it just it said my dad was telling me about Snapchat before me. And I'm just, that's how that's how I know I, I'm losing this battle of <laughs> That dude, the CEO is just on Stephen Colbert and he made that four years ago and now he's a multi billionaire. Off of a system that's pretty basic if you think about it. And here I am thinking, why didn't we think of that? Exactly. But I mean that's it. Simplicity key to design. I mean a lot of people that, you know, overthink things and you make something that people use and boom, there you go. All right. So this is the new thing. Maybe we should just give up podcasting and find some sort of like some new technological fad and just kind of just, well, I will. I know, you know, being Amish, clearly <laughs> you guys don't dabble in electronics as much. <laughs> yeah. You make the app. That's it, man. Make that app and you're, and you're killer. Yeah. But I guess I'm like, what would my app even be about? I'm like, what, what content could I possibly provide that I don't do on a regular basis? And I thought about it, I'm like, all right, I don't know, like, should I just start singing karaoke? Just have, like, a whole app where I just do, like, I don't know, or start periscoping me singing, like, Duran Duran or Depeche Mode or something? That's an app right there. Whoops, now they said it, because someone's going to steal that plan, and I'm going to be broke again. Crap. Well, then you can go on some show and complain, cry. Well, that's, that's probably going to be me. Oh, man, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thanks, I appreciate it. And I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface of, like, the stuff that we would probably cover, but I I've, I didn't even get into all, like, the concert mishaps, which, actually, before we do go, do you have any, like, really funny concert mishaps? Uh, I don't know if it's a mishap, but my favorite was I was at a Rush concert, and, and Neil Peart's doing his drum solo, and the drunk high dude behind me keeps yelling, Getty! 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, his name is not Getty. That's the bassist. <laughs> he didn't care. He's just Getty. <laughs> and poor Alex Lifeson's like, how come no one yells my name at shows? That dude rocks. That band is awesome. Yeah. 
I told you the last time I got hit in the by the flying uh, guitar pick. <laughs> I told my I told my friends, she's like, "What is that?" I said, "Get it." <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people fight over setless, like get into fist fights. So, to believe me, the allure of post band merch is always fun. Yeah, I haven't scored a drumstick yet. That'd be cool. No, those are hard because I, I realized being a rather large guy doesn't really work in that regard because it's usually the person who's at least 200 pounds lighter than me <laughs> who somehow like springs off of somebody, like leaps in the air, grabs it already. Yeah, but you, like, you could run into him like the juggernaut, though, and just keep going, you know? Yeah, but then I guess I also had a thing called a conscious where I'd feel bad about <laughs> it. <laughs> Stomp him, yeah. <laughs> I always feel bad because I always end up as, like, that person who, like, they look at me and, like, the pit's going and they're staring at me like, oh, how come you're not jumping in? It's like, uh, I don't want to get hit. So I heard uh, good news. You're on a new network now? Yeah, uh, Tangent Bound. Um, they ended up uh, picking up my show, uh earlier this week man that's awesome those guys are great they got some great shows on there they really do i will say though i always love amish babe machine because again you guys were probably one of the first shows that i think we were like once we started well back when we were aging and atlas you were really one of the first shows that kind of like really interacted with us so i know it sounds really cheesy and strangely sentimental but you know you were kind of there on the ground floor do you guys uh, have any more t-shirts i've been totally wanting to buy one of those yeah, we're working on a lot of stuff. Um, I'll definitely get you a T-shirt when we get some more fired up. Awesome. Yeah, and if you guys out there, if you want to follow us on Twitter, at Amish B Machine. In our podcast, it's, it's kind of like I always joke, it's a fun cult. We're, we're all about the people and hanging out and talking on Twitter. The dude you're listening to right now, he could tell you, I'm on Twitter 24-7. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that either one of us gets anything done because I think you might be on Twitter almost as much as I am. And hats off to you because I know I pretty much lived there. So, and you also got was it? Um, you're also on Instagram, right? Because I know you always got like some awesome memes going Instagram, on. Instagram, Vine, we're on everything. And I felt so proud because I thought I saw what was possibly your hand, and it turns out it was like a stock photo or it was oh, somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. I thought I cracked the code. Actually, did you see Pasty Adam was on Instagram playing froth frisbee golf? No, yes. wait, on your page or on yeah, his? Yeah, no, on Instagram, on Amish Baby Machine. So check it out. We'll definitely do that. Um, any other things you want to plug before we head out? No, I, I just appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Awesome. Anytime. Tan- Tangent Bound Network, correct? That's correct. Awesome. Yeah, those guys are great. You're great. Um, yep, if anyone wants to get a hold of us, follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Make sure you subscribe to the powerful uh, Adrian Has Issues. Now, the name of your podcast, is that comic book issues or you're just fucked up in the head? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing to answer that question. <laughs> it's okay, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> but it was originally that was the play on words. <laughs> can, can someone get a CPAP machine right away? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why that cracked me up because you just said it so matter of factly. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> no, that is <laughs> no. It, it was you know it's comic book based, but it's also and since there are some episodes where we may not necessarily talk comic books as much, so I guess the the fucked up of the head bar definitely comes through because I just spent the whole episode talking about like Power Rangers who have actually like committed like legit murder sometimes, and it's just oh the oh dude, man the samurai sword yes yeah, yes okay so you that, know the story did, did he get off. Oh no, he's in jail. Oh, okay. No, he's he's definitely going to jail. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't know if it was a self defense thing or whatever. No, supposedly he went after other people. Like there was this whole thing. Like I guess it almost reminded me of the OJ memorabilia incident, where like I guess he felt like something was owed to him, and I guess he came after these people with a sword. And I'm like, look, if you're gonna commit a heinous act, you know, at, at least at least it's original. I mean, that's cosplay I could get into. Like I could, see, oh. I could see like someone in a Barney costume just kicking people's ass, and that's you know <laughs> I, I can stand by that. <laughs> oh, there you go. See that? There's there's a new meme for you right there on your Instagram. That's what we should. That's what we should get into. Do a podcast just on effed up cosplay. Oh, I am so about that. All right. So I guess we're going to have to set up another, uh, another show where we do that. And see, that would be kind of a fun video one to do where we just at least that way we could like display the pictures. Exactly. Oh man, but speaking of laugh riots, before we go, I don't know if you've seen it, and I I recommend this to everybody because I watched this maybe a month or two ago, and it's amazing. Samurai Cop. I'll have to check it out. It's uh, it came out in 1989. It was like one of those cold hits, you know, very low budget, like poorly acted action flicks where the movie was a complete disaster, and yet somehow because it was so bad, it got like this cult like status, and the original actor got a lot of some of the people from the the first movie back to shoot a sequel. Okay, but the the Kickstarter just went through, but uh, that was a really fun one. If you're a fan of like cheesy '80s action movies, but now that now that it hurts to breathe, <laughs> Dax, thank you so much, man. Thanks for hanging out. This has been a lot of fun. Anytime. I I, I hope your fans uh, had a good time. Us just jamming out on the old uh, rock and roll tunes, and I did too. And really, well, forget the fans. That's our our happiness is all that matters. Not just kidding. <laughs> well, now that I've alienated everybody who's listened, um, this is Adrian has issues, and we'll see you next issue. Let's get this party started up in here. Hey, this is Mark. You're listening to this show probably on your mobile device, whether it's iOS or Android or even Windows Mobile. (laughs) Who has one of those? Uh, But anyway, you're probably listening, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or some other wonderful mobile app that brings this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. Yeah. But did you also know that you can find this show among several others in this category at the Tangent Bound Network? That's right. Go visit TangentBoundNetwork.com. Check it out where you can always get the latest episode of this and other shows quite like it. Although, admittedly, there is no show quite like this one. 